This is the voice of contract management presented by the law firm of Kroll & Mooring exclusively for NCMA. Stay up to date on all things contract management five minutes at a time. Our team at Kroll & Mooring presents these podcasts to keep you up to speed on a bi-monthly basis. We will cover everything from regulatory updates to crucial changes that affect government contracting. We are your co-hosts for this edition, Peter Ayer and Yuan Zhou. And we're going to turn to Yuan first with an update on a GSA guidance document. Thanks, Peter. On March 30th, the GSA issued acquisition guidance on procuring 5G technology, which was called for in the Biden administration's national strategy to secure 5G and seeks to help federal agencies buy 5G tech with the appropriate security controls for government use cases. The acquisition guidance is intended to help the government identify standards, security controls, and other requirements to create a secure infrastructure for 5G networks, while also reducing cost and acquisition redundancies. According to the guidance, the use of 5G will improve mission delivery and business operations, bring new applications and services to the federal workforce, as well as offer more customizable features for specific adaptations. It also emphasizes the importance of supply chain risk management as part of 5G use and recommends that agencies be acutely aware of the risks associated with buying and relying on technology built or influenced by foreign intelligence entities or other bad actors. In that regard, the guidance highlights existing federal law, such as Section 889 of the Fiscal Year 2019 NDAA, which prohibits the government from procuring covered telecom equipment and services from a number of Chinese companies like ZTE and Huawei, both of which provide 5G services. Back to you, Peter. Great. Thank you so much. Uh, next up is an OMB guidance document on February 27th. OMB released a memo titled No TikTok on Government Devices, and it's an implementation guidance document. It's memo M-23-13, and it provides implementation guidance pursuant to the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2023, which enacted the No TikTok on Government Devices Act and instructed the head of OMB in consultation with GSA and CISA, among others, to develop standards and guidelines for agencies requiring the removal of TikTok from federal information technology systems. In accordance with the act, OMB issued the memo to provide instructions and deadlines. The memo applies to all IT owned or operated by executive agencies, as well as IT, and it's open quote, used by a contractor under a contract with the executive agency that requires the use of that IT, whether expressly or to a significant extent in the performance of service or furnishing of a product, close quote. The memo specifically excludes any equipment that's acquired by a federal contractor that's incidental to the federal contract as part of that definition of what's considered IT. The memo sets out a series of deadlines for agencies to comply with and a series of next steps. So obviously something that we're gonna keep watching and we expect uh, further guidance and, and solicitation provisions and things of that sort to be coming shortly. Yuan, back to you for our next item. Perfect. Thanks, Peter. Turning now to a recent board decision, on February 8th, the ASBCA considered, but did not ultimately answer, the question of whether intra-company lease payments are considered costs for purposes of government contract cost accounting. Here's the background. 
The dispute arose from a contracting officer's final determination that a contractor failed to comply with cost accounting standards 405, 410, and 420. Following the appeal of the COFD, the government filed a motion for summary judgment, arguing that the contractor improperly excluded from its GNA expense base portions of its intra-company lease payments that were in excess of the normal costs of ownership of the property, and it resulted in an artificially higher GNA rate. According to the government, the entire amount of the lease payments should have been treated as cost input and included in the GNA base, even to the extent that they were unallowable under FAR Part 31, which makes allowable charges in the nature of rent for related entities to the extent that they do not exceed the normal costs of ownership. Now, in response, the contractor argued that the excess portions of the lease payments were not costs and therefore were properly excluded from the GNA base. To support its position, the contractor provided declarations showing that the excess portion of the lease payments were transfers between related entities and that the contractor or its affiliates would have still occupied the rental properties absent these transfers. Although the cost accounting standards do not define the term cost, the ASBCA examined how courts have defined the term, which include the outlay incurred in the operation of a business enterprise, an economic sacrifice, a price paid, or something that's surrendered in order to obtain something else. Now, based on the contractor's declarations, the ASBCA held that a triable question of fact existed as to whether the excess amounts the contractor paid above the cost of ownership were indeed a price or economic sacrifice that were necessary to acquire and retain the leaseholds and denied the government's motion for summary judgment. So an interesting decision, and we'll certainly be watching developments on this one. Peter? Great. That's all for today. Thanks for listening to the Voice of Contract Management. Brought to you by Kroll and Mooring exclusively for NCMA. Stay tuned for our next episode as we continue to discuss all things government contracting. In the meantime, explore your learning opportunities at www.ncmahq.org slash course catalog.